This is an Alliance podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. All right, folks, welcome back to the Build It Podcast with myself, Nick Miles, and as ever, John Hall, CEO, Chairman, Head Honcho of DeKalb County United. Hi, John. Yeah, I just love that I get new and expansive titles every single time we record this podcast. But yes, hello, Nick. Oh, one, day I'll, one, one day I'll perfect the introduction and it'll be, we'll just be fine. And joining us this week, all the way from the Pacific Northwest, um, Dorian Leia. Uh, hi, Dorian. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. No worries. You are, I believe, general manager of Snohomish County Football Club. Is that be your yes, official Yes, I am the general manager of Snohomish County Football Club, and I am also the goalkeeper for both the outdoor and indoor team. <laughs> I saw there was one photo I saw online of um, the, uh, what I'm assuming is the squad. It seemed like you may be the only goalkeeper for Snohomish County Football Club. Is that like a deliberate I'm, choice? Just, <laughs> no, I'm, we can't sign no, anymore. So <laughs> I'm very, I'm very, um, uh, probably my number one priority is to make sure that there's a separation of powers, right? It's when I'm on the field, I'm just average Dorian, you know, just the goalkeeper. Um, I mean, of course, like I'll say things, it's like, you know, to keep the guys, you know, thinking about the future and things, but oh yeah, very like, it's kind of funny because on one team uh, I'm, I'm the captain for our indoor team. uh, But then we have a different coach for outdoor and he's always preaching like, you know, just because he's the GM does not mean he gets special treatment. So I'm actually not the captain for the, for the other team. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> exactly. John, John, I have the ability to, to ride the bench. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It'd be great to do people better than you. All right. Um, yeah. So thank you for doing this. Um, I guess where we start then is just, we'll talk a little bit about yourself and then we'll talk about Snohomish in a bigger picture. But uh, what's your soccer story? How did we end up talking on a podcast in late 2021? Oh, so just kind of the whole story from There's the like, whole story in oh, three wow, minutes. All right. Yeah. Um, I've been playing soccer since I was four years old. Um, and I'm I turned 30 this year. So it's kind of weird to say, but I've been playing soccer for 25 plus years. <laughs> um, I started off playing Bumblebee soccer, um, you know, a bunch of little five, four and five year olds running around. Um, <clears throat> it's kind of an interesting story. Um so I used to play on the field as a kid and you, I don't know if you guys know Bumblebee soccer, but it's just like a bunch of kids running around and chasing the ball. Right. I was always the kid. Yeah. I had like way too much energy. I was always the kid who was running around and slide tackling everybody just like way too much energy. And so their solution to that was to put me in the goal where I could do that. And it's been, I've been a goalie ever since. <laughs> Um, so I, you know, I did that for a couple of years and then I played for, um, a club called FC Shoreline. Uh, I, I currently live in Shoreline right now. Um, small local club in North Seattle, um, did that for, you know, all my youth years up until it was U18. Um, and then I played for one of the bigger clubs in, in the Pacific Northwest. It was called Emerald city, uh, Emerald city football club, um, my coach was Pete Fewing, who was an announcer for, he, he coached at Seattle University. Um, he, um, uh, he was also an announcer for the Sounders for several years. Um, he's a pretty big name in the Pacific Northwest when it comes to, to football. Um, so I played for Emerald City for two years and then um, went to college um, primarily to play soccer. Um, the only scholarship I so, yeah, no, yeah. The only scholarship I got was to Edmonds Community College. And um, and then I kind of was thinking like, oh, man, like now's the time. It's like, do I want to take this serious or not? Um, so I started focusing on school a little bit to con- so that I can continue to play. Um, ended up getting another scholarship to go down to Portland, Oregon and play for Warner Pacific College, now known as Warner Pacific University. Um, they played in the NAIA. 
Um, and then I did that for four years, ended up coaching. I was a goalkeeper coach for my last year there since there was kind of a staggering of eligibility. Um, and then 2014 was when, um, I don't know, it was 2012 actually, um, an MPSL club um, in Portland, Oregon called the Portland Spartans um, spun up and I was like, oh, you know, there's an opportunity to continue playing. You know, I, I couldn't find myself taking a break uh, for whatever reason, of course, you have like your adult leagues and indoor, you know, for fun and co-ed and all that stuff. So that was always on in the in the in the interim. But um, that team, Portland Spartans, ended up being one of the top teams in the Northwest um, in the MPSL. Um, and then they re so the owner of our club, he actually bought a French team called FC Malouse, um, based out of Malouse, France. Um, so our team rebranded to uh, FC Malouse Portland, um, ended up playing there, you know, another couple of years. And so I, I think I spent five, six years in the MPSL. Um, and of course, like this whole time I was working, right, you know, kind of making my way through the tech ladder and, you know, doing the this stuff that, you know, from sales to um, digital marketing to, you know, I was I was a cashier at Dick's Sporting Goods for a couple of years. Um, and then anyway, so I ended up kind of in the tech space and ended up taking a job in St. Petersburg, Florida or Tampa Bay area, uh, working for progressive insurance as a data analyst. And of course I had to find a team to play for. Um, and there was a local team called the St. Petersburg Aztecs. They've been around since 1997. Um, they have quite a, quite a great organization. They do tons of fundraising supporting local communities out in uh, St. Petersburg. Um, and I was part of kind of not necessarily the ownership group, but I helped a lot with like the web platforming stuff and processes and, and things like that. Um, and uh, they, they play in the, the United Premier Soccer League or the UPSL. Um, and I was only there for a year and a half, uh, but I still have good contacts out there. And they've actually, they're doing fantastic. They're doing great. I think they're making some moves towards uh, USL2. Um, which is good to hear. And they want me to be back involved with kind of the web ops stuff, which is awesome to hear. Um, I'll but, your story, but the, the Snohomish web presence, that's all you, right? The website and everything. Uh, sure. Yeah. So it originally, um, our, our president, David Falk, uh, who was the original general manager, um, uh, he uh, was kind of interesting. The club started 2017 with uh, one of our founders, um, uh, his name is Andrew Escalante and another gentleman, uh, his name is Aaron Burns. Uh, they were pretty big, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good soccer players in Snohomish. And they decided to get together and start the, the club, Snohomish County FC. And um, um, so they kind of started this team. They needed someone to kind of help with the general management piece. And that's where David kind of came in. David's been, David was part of, I'm not going to, I'm probably going to misquote, but um, he was part of the foundation of the Cascadia uh, Cup. Um, he was part of, I think there was some time he had the trophy, the Cascadia trophy <laughs> in, in his house for some time. But he was part of that group starting that up um, until obviously the MLS came to Seattle and uh, kind of took over that piece. But he's been a pretty big name um, when it comes to, you know, um, grassroots soccer in the Northwest. Um, so anyway, they reached out to David, um, um, he got involved and kind of took it from there. Um, uh, I don't think Aaron, Bur Aaron Burns doesn't play for the club anymore. He's, uh, you know, took his own journey with family and still plays occasionally here and there. Uh, Andrew is still sticking around, um, on our club. He was, uh, these, he was, uh, one of the captains for our outdoor team, uh, probably one of the top 10 scores in our indoor league right now. Um, um, he's, he's, he's mostly focusing on playing. He's got a family now and doesn't have the time to, you know, be on the, cause it's, it's like a full-time job <laughs> doing all this. <laughs> um, yeah. but, uh, yeah. So David kind of, he's kind of, he's getting a bit older and has other priorities in life. And he also lives out in gig Harbor, uh, which is probably like an hour out. It's an hour journey, whether you take the ferry or go all the way around through Tacoma. So Puget Sound, you have to go all the way around to get to the peninsula. Um, and so I offered my services and that kind of led started with like web stuff like you're talking about. And 
ultimately kind of day-to-day operations. I kind of came in and since I have all this like business process experience, technology, I kind of started to spin up some systems and processes to help, you know, generate a bit more revenue. I developed a sponsorship program, started bringing a little bit more revenue in the door and, um, you know, kind of taking it to the next level, you know. Well, uh, you yeah, got sucked so- in. Yeah, that's basically it, isn't it? Just you yeah. say I can do one thing and now you're doing 56. Yeah, <laughs> but I, to be honest, like I love doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get paid to do any of this stuff. I mean, I actually invest in the club. Um, you know, my comp- my other companies, not the company I work for. I have my own uh, sports performance analytics company um, where I use those GPS trackers and pull data on player performance and all that stuff. Um, so I, I offer my services to all the guys. Um, it doesn't charge it at all, or the, the, the players that you're playing with or the players we have. But does that prove value, um, just that GPS tracking stuff for even players at our level? Like, I get it that it matters for sure. you know, EPL players, but is the value in regional leagues as well? You know, um, it's as right now, um, it's tough to say because the big challenge with data is like, what are you going to use it for and how can you monetize it? You know, for a little local club like ours, you know, we probably won't monetize it. Maybe like my side project that I'm working on where I'll probably start running weekly, weekly camps and doing combine testing for like serious, really serious players looking to take their stuff to the next level Um, or just general athletes um, looking to, you know, whether you're going to college and trying out or want to do a combine for some, semi-pro or pro team uh, but our club it's mostly to just help inform and um kind of my i think the motto that i have is uh it's like did, like don't take my word for it here's the data on how you perform you know it's mostly for like their information it's like yeah. you know one of our you, i'm able to see like who's the top who has the top speed or who takes the hardest hits who has the most collisions you know, yeah. no uh, one's ever mad about that sort of data. No they? one's mad about that stuff. And it, it's kind of, it kind of, <laughs> unless they're at the bottom that, of the list, obviously. And it kind of supports like what we see on the field and like what our coaches are saying, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so it, it's, it's cool insights for the guys. Definitely. Um, I know John's going to have some questions, but I was interested just, um, you said you, you sort of came along and started setting up processes and monetizing and whatnot. The big battle that we have at the moment, not battle at all, but the conversation that John and I seem to be having repeatedly is, around sponsorship and sort yeah. of revenue yeah which you know is a is a big thing for any club at this level we can we can all find players we can all find to a greater yeah. or lesser extent volunteers but finding people that are prepared to pay for that five hour journey down the road to our local right. rivals um can you give a sort of an insight if you want to give away trade secrets oh, no one's gonna be mad about that <laughs> but um can you give a little insight into what it is yeah that no we definitely food? don't have any trade secrets it's kind of um you know we're a, we're in washington state nonprofit. um you know, um, so a lot of, you know, prim- our, one of our primary sources of revenue is, you know, ticket sales, gear that we sell, you know, swag, stickers, shirts, all that stuff. Um, and then whatever kind of effort we have towards, you know, reaching out to sponsors. Um, that's probably the biggest challenge right now, I would say, for at least our organization. We have uh, four teams, um, three of, two of which are in operations um or have had seasons and that's our indoor team our western indoor soccer league team and then our uh, outdoor team which has been the the one that's been sticking around the longest um in the cascadia premier league um we have a women's indoor and outdoor side as well um the indoor women's indoor side um is going to be starting the season next this next calendar year um, which is really exciting uh we were able to identify we partner with um the venue that we play at for our indoor matches um, is the Snohomish Soccer Dome. Um, and kind of we've worked out uh, an agreement where, you know, we get some benefits and discounts and things like that. And uh, they're able to kind of be the assistant general managers when it comes to the women's side. Obviously, you know, I'm not a woman, so I don't have <laughs> the wherewithal about women's soccer specifically, but um uh, some of our partners uh, at the Dome, you know, their family members were part of the women's national team coaching program. Um, obviously, they're the owners of the, the Snohomish Indoor Soccer Dome. So that's always a good connection. Um, and like something I realized was that the, the good clubs in our indoor league, uh, for instance, like the Tacoma Stars Reserves, the Tacoma Stars have an MASL team, which is Major Arena Soccer League. 
Um, that's their pro team, but they have a reserve team that plays in our league. And then Bellingham United, those have been the two, the two big hitters in our league. And something that I recognized was that those clubs have deep ties or own the facility that they play out of, which is obviously a huge, um, it's a huge pro or a, kind of like um, a challenge like for other clubs is like field time is expensive, especially here in Seattle and Northwest. We're probably talking 150, $200 an hour. And for a lot of little local clubs, like that's a huge expense. That's probably one of our biggest expenses is that piece right there, practice and game field. Um, and so we decided like, Hey, you know, why don't we get the Snohomish Indoor Dome involved, be a part of our organization so that ultimately, like I'm thinking long-term it's like, you know, maybe one day, you know, we're in a position where, you know, we have a deeper partnership with the dome, um, you know, where maybe we get even cheaper dip field time or free field time uh, for the sake of our partnership. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, it kind of goes back to the partnership and sponsorship question you had. Um, you got a question. No, I, I mean, sponsorship, sponsorship, I think we could, we could drill down on. Um, I'm curious um, from your experience as a player in St. Petersburg and then in Portland with at NPSL level or whatever, what did you see from those clubs as a player, just like watching the front office and things that they did and the way that they organized things? Did you pick up some stuff from those couple of playing stops that then you can incorporate into your general manager role? 100%. Now? Oh, absolutely. I think probably one of the the biz- biggest ex- examples that I saw for both the St. Petersburg Aztecs and the, uh, FC Malou- Malou's Portland um, was um, a, a push towards community engagement and establishing relationships first and foremost, because before you ask for any sort of like financial you know, help or, you know, donation, it's like you have to have a relationship with these people. The commonality I saw between those two clubs was hosting events, you know, at the expense of the club, you know, to establish relationships. And then ultimately, you know, that leads to, you know, some sort of partnership at the end. And um, that was probably the big thing. And the community growth and the, the awareness of those events kind of led to people coming out to games. Um, so like seeing that and being a part of those things that those two clubs were doing um, um, kind of it's, I, I see where that leads is to a further partnership. Um, so take, you know, as a takeaway, you know, having barbecues, you know, like historically the club, we, there was not very much um, I'm not saying there wasn't camaraderie by any means, but there wasn't that off field, um, uh, the off, like we wouldn't see off field gatherings very often, or, um, uh, players didn't necessarily hang out with each other as much as, you know, maybe like a pro team would. It's like, they, they, they're living with each other. They're seeing each other every day. You know, they're hanging out with each other off the field, but we weren't seeing that as much because we have a lot of guys, we represent all of Snohomish County, which is the second biggest County in terms of population in the state of Washington. Um, so it's, it's, you know, thousands and thousands of square miles. Right. Um, but also we still get people who come from Seattle, Tacoma, even we have some guys who come from Bellingham and other parts of the state to come play for us. Um, so it's like, it's kind of like also, um, the, the piece about, um, like logistics purely, it's like, you know, it's hard to kind of hard if someone lives hundred miles North to come hang out, you know, with guys. So, holding events for things like that is a pretty good commonality I saw. Um, I think this kind of professional um, image, um, probably one of the big things for me is if we're, my goal is to take our club, you know, to a national league at some point. We considered joining the UPSL last year, but um, we decided not to just for the sake of, because we had a good business model as we're doing right now. But if you know when you take it to the next level the business or the organization has to match that level of play as well um you know as you take a step up to usl2 right there's some fiscal responsibility you have to take there's a brand image you have to bring up there's you know more community engagement there's you know kind of this larger um, market you have to appeal to and um 
Uh, and that starts, that starts with, you know, setting up an accounting system in QuickBooks, uh, updating the website uh, to mm -hmm. match a professional org uh, organization, um, having contact information, having Google, you know, my business, you know, when you search for the, the club, it's like those little things yeah. um, as you're, it's like when you, if you're going to start a company, right? So those little things, right? Making sure that the secretary of state filings are in order, make sure you have your business license. It's all those little things um, that you have to start and then build upon and then kind of link at the top. Um, it's all probably my number one biggest challenge is finding people who finding help. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know if you guys can tell, but I like have all this passion about all these things related to soccer and business and entrepreneurship. And it's hard to find someone um, who can, I don't want to say like match that, but like someone with a similar, um, you know, passion for it. Um, in Any business, comment on that, John? <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard. Um, yeah, yeah, plenty. It, it is a very difficult thing sometimes to feel like, um, like idea generation is all you. Yeah. And then, and then implementation is, is, Nick's going to get mad at me. I don't mean it this way. I have, I'm blessed. I have a wonderful volunteer staff and people do a lot. Um, but I come up with a lot of the ideas myself. Yeah. And then I, and then I try to figure out, is anybody capable of taking my idea and running with it to the ground and making it, you know, happen. And, and um, I think that's uh, Nick, you, you and I've had this conversation many, many times uh, as recently as today. Um, in just being a good leader and being the best leader you can be for the organization and the size you are, the, the level you want to be at um, and managing it. And as we say, professional club on an amateur budget. So I, I yeah, I, I'm, okay. I'm I like, that. I understand. I like that quote, a professional club. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> it sounds like a lot of what you're doing, you know, the, I don't want to big ourselves up, but the best amateur clubs at this level, not in terms of on-field product, but off-field product, have to are kind of doing things the same way right we always stumble across the same issues whether it's sponsorship or fans or volunteers or filings but um the ones that get in it to have a soccer club so that they can kick a soccer ball around they come and go two or three times a season right the, yeah. the guys yeah. that have people like you and john and a couple of other people that we've spoken to in the course of doing this podcast they're the ones that are, sit that are setting something up for their kids as a legacy almost like that's what we want we want yeah. to, we want to replicate that thing that Europe has of the pyramid, yeah. but the pyramid exists because there's enough clubs that are around for five, 10, 50 years, not two seasons. That's the exact, um, exact example I use is like a little old Leicester city way back many <laughs> years ago, moving mm -hmm. up in the ranks, ultimately producing, you know, a top three goal scorer, you know, winning championships, you know, it's like, like, while our pyramid or whatever we want to call it here in the States, you know, doesn't quite match what that is in Europe. And, you know, I always reference England. Um, it's still, it's Don't still, get started. you know, Don't it's still that, started, it's still that possibility that if we do things right. And again, it starts with like the little things. Um, if we do things right at a good pace, um, we can be there. We could continue to move forward. We can, can, you know, USL two. I mean, I do like how the USL is structured, you know, you know, internally, you know, you are able to move up in ranks, you know, from USL two to one to championship. Um, so that's pretty appealing to me. Um, but it's just like that little glimmer of hope. It's like as a player, right. My, you know, I, I, you know, I, I love, and I luckily and thankfully have the ability to, you know, play at a decently mid to high level. Um, and so there's instances where I get asked to, you know, to play in tournaments, serious tournaments, and, you know, coaches will pay me to go play, you know, down in Oregon, you know, a couple hundred bucks, you know, for the weekend. Um, and I love it. It's exciting. It's like for my skills that I've been working on and, you know, blood, sweat and tears, you know, these last 25 years for me to get, you know, a couple of bucks to go play, like that's awesome. And one day I would hope to be able to do that with the club is that these guys are putting in two to three days a week, two hours a day, um, driving, you know, sacrificing time with their families. It's like, I would love to compensate them at some point in the future um, because I've been there. Like, it's a struggle, you know, it's little old soccer club running on a, you know, five to $15,000 budget every season, you know? So like, if we, 
I would love to pay you guys, you know, uh, a stipend or something like even volunteers, like, you know, um, you know, but it's, it's, you know, you guys know the struggle, right? It's that's life or death of a club. If you know, your expenses, um, we're talking about making decisions that we give a crap about next week's fixture or even next year, we're making decisions that ensure the long-term sustainability that the club is around in two years and five years, right? It's, yeah. Well, one of the first stories John ever told me was about, um, hiring a coach to go to an away day because it looked professional and it did right. Fantastic. Great. Um, but yeah, it's just not sustainable. You've got to, you've got to make the right choices for the right, at the right moment. Yeah. Like I think to that point, you know, we have a great coach. He's coached, he's coached all over the place. He's coached all over the States college teams consult him. He's a, he's from Turkey. He consults with a couple of top Turkish clubs, you know, on the women's side and um, uh, translates for them. So he does some work Um, in it's unfortunate. He, he coaches a youth club or he's a board director um, of a club here in the Northwest. And um, you know, the, the conversation we have is like, you know, Hey coach, we, we can definitely pay you, but it really depends on how the season ends. Like if our expenses are too high, like we might not be able to pay you as much. It's like, you know, but if things look good, we're definitely able to, you know, give you a stipend and things like that. And it's like, as much as I like hate that, it's kind of like we're at the whims of, you know, of our, our budget. If we want to stick around for a long time, we have to think about, and I have to have that conversation. It's like, the same thing. It's like, when I talk about the club, it's like, you know, this is what I want to do in the future, but this is our budget, but I have all these plans and things that I want to do. And I want, I want to pay players. I want to play our coaches, our volunteers, anybody who helps, but it, that depends on how the season goes, you know? <laughs> yeah. what, what are you getting through the gate on a match day or were you like, I guess the season was, yeah. It, is a, yeah. So it's, it's, and that's kind of a, topic of conversation because we're trying to figure out the best place to call home right now we call it Snohomish home but we were playing probably about 20 minutes north of Snohomish in a city called Arlington um one of the main re- it's a beautiful venue by the way it's uh, Arlington High School um uh, in Smoky Point Washington it's a it's a nice field it's turf I mean as much as I'm sure you guys here have opinions about turf and kind of the best we got <laughs> love it we love um, it i love it you know and um uh we are kind of at the whims of what we can afford and you know the further north you go um the less populated a city is the cheaper field space is and you know we're pro- for the um that field costs uh i think a couple hundred bucks for two hours three hours uh, which is fantastic uh but then we also have to think about referees which are about 120 to 150 dollars a game um and then you have um what else do we have that's pretty pretty much it i mean other than like insurance and stuff uh but then we probably get between 100 to 200 maybe uh maybe like 80 to 200 depending on the game and the day the weather of course <laughs> um and we charge i think it's like 10 bucks a person so really it's you know between couple 200 bucks and 400 bucks uh, you know, a given match, um, you know, of course we'll try to sell gear. And, uh, this last season we started, um, uh, selling like, uh, like special hot dogs or like a, we call one of, like, we called one of our, our meals, like a, a snow co, uh, a snow code, what was it? Snow code Joe hot dog or something like that. Um, uh, so that, you know, that proved to be a success, which was cool, but it's like, we have to get creative with the ways that we think to help raise money. And really, at the end of the day, we're just trying to cover our costs. That's it. And, um, you know, I'm in a position, you know, thankfully, I have a good job and I'm able to, you know, invest and provide some financial support for the club where needed. But it's like if we have, you know, if we come out negative on a you know, specific day, you know, I, my company is able to help donate some money uh, to the club to help continue that support. Yeah. So, yeah, it's again, we're just trying to cover our costs at the end of the day to continue what we're trying to do but so far it's been a successful enough yeah it's been working yeah yeah it's been working i mean with it's uh, i was talking with our president and i know we have a couple minutes um i was talking with our president um we kind of meet every you know once a month or so just about how things are going and um you know something that we talked about was like he's like uh you know since you came expenses have been higher um 
we've been spending more money on new kits and I, my company sponsored a, a new training kit for the guys. Cause I'm trying to do things that give back to the guys, you know, if they're paying to play. And unfortunately, you know, we had to implement uh, kind of like a team fee, a season fee, um, which is tough too. Cause it's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I was actually a huge proponent. Yeah. I was a huge opponent of team fees. Uh, when mm-hmm. I came in, we had team fees already implemented. Um, um, because it's like, you know, if we're a semi-professional, why am I paying to play soccer? But it's like the way that U.S. soccer is set up. It's kind of this pay to play system, which is, oh, man, like as a player, it's tough. It's like if I've been crafting my skills the 25 years, like I, I've already put in enough money and time and all that stuff. So I'm not trying to play. But it's like our expenses are higher. But uh, he's like, Dorian, but on the contrary, you've actually raised more money um, this season. Um, so it's like. Our expenses are higher, but our revenue is, has grown, you know, as well. Um, exactly. And it, it, yes. exactly, exactly. So yeah, that was kind of something it's like, again, at the end of the day, we're just trying to cover our expenses. If we spend more, we have to make more and so on and so forth. It's kind of that balance. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a business like anything else where, where our heart may lie at the end, you know, it's not <laughs> going to survive if we're spending seven grand and bringing in three. All right, John, I'm going to give you the floor for a bit and see if you've got any questions that you want to ask. Well, no, I mean, I, I would think, Dorian, I think you and I are, uh, I think we can talk for, anybody that talks to me knows we can talk for weeks. But I, I think I'm you, definitely... uh, <laughs> I think you've got the, I think you've got the, uh, some of the similar challenges to some of the clubs we've talked to. Um, just from a, a success standpoint, not on the field, but, uh, you know, you mentioned selling hot dogs or like, what are, what are the, what are some of the off the field things that you are very successful with? You know, um, I think, you know, there's, I mean, there's always those like little successes. It's like, if we come out of, you know, a match with plus 50 bucks, like I see that as a a success because any additional, you know, profit that we can make, you know, while we're a nonprofit, every, every dollar that we make, it goes back directly back into the club. Um, you know, there's a lot of those like little wins. It's like, you know, at the end of the, a match, you know, plus 50 bucks, fantastic. Love it. 50 bucks goes back in the club bank account. Um, um, I think one of the, probably the biggest success that I've seen <clears throat> um, when I came in, there was not really, we were kind of running the company or the, the club uh, uh, on Facebook chat. <laughs> when I first joined, it's like, there's this group chat. You know, you're just seeing all this like chat, chat, chatter and planning all this stuff. And that's including anyone who's, you know, the general manager, the coaches, all the players and everybody. Um, and like coming from the tech side, I was like, oh, my gosh, this like makes me cringe. <laughs> um, and uh, I've had some experience and I, you know, when I was living in Portland, I I worked with I was a goalkeeping consultant for a couple of the big clubs out there. Uh, one of them was Hillsborough Soccer Club, and then the other one was Salmon Creek um, Soccer Club. Um, and um, yeah, two probably two of the bigger clubs out there. Um, and so I got introduced to some of the platforms that they use. Uh, one of them being TeamSnap. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of TeamSnap, but it's kind of like this centralized process for like team registration schedules practice schedules, games, rosters, rostering, you know, you can have multiple teams. Um, there's a messaging app that it can show like if you're available or not. And there's a live chat. If you're going to be late, you can say something. And I, so like kind of reflecting on that in my experience, I was like, man, this is exactly what we need because there's no centralized system. Um, in any company, there's, you think of like a CRM. It's like a, a, a platform where all the information is held. Um, and it has all these different capabilities. And that's what, you know, at the central of any like well-operating company, you have something like that. Um, and so I decided to, I thought it was a good investment and it's not a cheap one, you know, it's a, it's like, you know, 800 to a thousand bucks a year. Um, but, um, and I was kind of skeptical when I first brought it in. Um, of course, I, our president, you know, as I was, t- I took over as GM, like you know that's a big expense you know and i'm like yes i know (laughs) 
So like part of, you know, the partnership that I have with my company was I was going to pay, my company was going to fund and donate half of that uh, to the club and the other, right. It was kind of like, you know, mutual agreement. Um, but what that did was it centralized all of our communications. Um, it organized the registration process. So like I mentioned, we have a team fee. It, it takes in revenue um, and then pumps it into our bank account. Um, and then same thing for like tryout revenue. Um, you know, as you know, if we bring in, you know, 40 bucks for tryouts and we have a hundred guys come out, you know, that's, that's a nice little chunk of change that actually, if you think about the cost of it, it's taking care of it already. Right. Um, uh, so was, that was, that was a huge success. And now we have, um, I've organized in a way where we can separate teams. So it's like, we have our first team, we have our reserve team, and then we have all the guys who are trying out. And so there's a mobile app that comes with it. And so it's like, if I'm a player, oh man, sorry, coach, I'm going to be late to practice or sorry, I can't be here this day. You know, it's all, it's all automated. Um, so it's like, we not only took care of the fees for it, plus made a couple bucks. We've centralized our communications. Um, players have instant access to our practice schedule. So it's like one of the big challenges, I don't know if you guys have that experience, Coach, what time's practice? You know, I forget. I might have work. I don't know. You know, I'll have to let you know. I'll text you. It's like, oh, that stuff is a pain in the butt. <laughs> uh, so it's like, cool, guys. Cool. I get you're going to be late. Like, and I, this is probably another whole conversation, but like, we're adults. We have lives outside of this club and soccer. We have families. We have jobs. You know, we have health, our health. You know, we have things that we want to do. If I want to go drink a beer with my friends and take a day off, like, I want to go do that. I'm an adult, right? Um, so we get that. That's probably like at the core of like our club. Um, just let us know. Cool. If you can't be there, if because you have a life, fantastic. We understand because there's probably going to be a day where Dorian can't make practice because he needs a day off. You know? We get that. Um, so anyway, kind of that whole process, it really took our club to the next. Um, it's this, We established a fine-tuned process um, and that was a huge success because now it's like, we're not getting random questions all the time. It's made my job easier. It's made the guys, the players and the clubs, uh, the organizers and coaches, their lives a little bit easier. You can mute notifications. If you want to take a break, you don't have to, right? So that, I, I saw that as probably one of our biggest success. Um, and then I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Slack, but there it's a tech company. It's a tech company, like it's primarily for messaging, but there's like topics and stuff. Yeah. So I paired that with Team Snap to break out into different, more, <laughs> excuse me, organized conversations, sponsorship, uh, first team, second team, um, finances, you know, our board. It's, I mean, you can have private channels and stuff like that, but that kind of broke Team Snap out into more of like the organizational club company mm -hmm. communication. Um, mm -hmm. And that was a huge success. Anytime someone's like, oh, I can't be at practice. Did you check in on Slack? Did you check in on team Snap? That's all I have to say. <laughs> right. And now it's at a point where players are yelling at each other to say, Hey, did you check on Slack? Did you check on team Snap? <laughs> because it's probably there. <laughs> um, so, and kind of that whole conversation we had earlier in the previous recording was like, you know, if we want to take this club to do bigger and better and, you know, national type stuff, the company or the org, the org has to match what you're trying to achieve. Right. So it's like those two things like really solidified, like, okay, cool. We have a process. We have organization. We know where everything is. We have all of our documents in one place, everything, finances, everything. Dude is that, speaking that, like that a like true process guy. That, yeah. That I'm, oh man, I'm big on process. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I was just telling uh, John earlier, is that at my job, I could have continued so I work for Lululemon, um, which is a big, you probably heard of them as like the yoga pants company. They do men's stuff. Actually, this is Lululemon. Um, but uh, uh, I could, uh, I'm a business analyst. And so my job is to, uh, I work with engineers and project <laughs> managers. So it's like the project managers have a request to do something for tracking. And then I translate those details to our engineers. So it make, I'm kind of like the middleman. Yeah. Here, let me, let me translate this to technical to, things to someone who can build it yeah you have to speak two languages um, right Normal yeah, exactly exactly yeah. and um which it kind of fitting because like i'm the gm and then also a player so it's like i can kind of like speak both but um i'm in a position where i could have continued to do manual work like typing in stuff and having a million meetings but i've kind of 
I've automated them. Um, I've created a form and a process to where it's like all those details get transformed into this package for our engineer. Um, so it's like, I'm similar things. It's like, I'm trying to get information into the hands of our players so that they can easily understand the, and then vice versa, send it back to the, you know, that. Yeah. And so there's process for tryouts, for registration. There's a process for practice, like everything. Um, and um, that's proved to be a success. And, you know, that's, it's like, it, in my mind, it leveled us up into, okay, we can, we have the ability and I have a little bit more time since everything's already taken care of and we have a foundation of it. We can take a step up, you know, that means we can do other things. I can spend more time on partnerships and sponsorships. Um, I can spend more time on the field, like thinking like, cause it, it's a total switch of context from setting up pregame to then getting in the mode to go play a game. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's like, you know, um, and thank the Lord for pre-workout. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I, I think to answer your question, John, uh, those were two of the biggest, I guess, just that whole setting up a foundation for our club was probably the biz, biz, biggest success because the completion of that and the continued maintenance of that is, is it's much easier now. And now the club has a capacity. So long as we get some help from some other people and volunteers or like anybody who wants to be a part of the club, we can go up to the next level if, if that means joining the UPSL or the USL two or whatever we decide, you know, or if we wanted to stay, you know, we have the ability to grow our club now because we have a, um, and that's really exciting to me. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's taking it the step up from the rec level, isn't it? One. Yes. Yeah. Um, What's your non playing staff look like? Like obviously you're, you, you struggle both, but do you have a team of volunteers behind you that aren't, you know, that are me essentially fat middle-aged men or whatever that, Sure. that can't play yeah it, I, like i mentioned like there's there's struggles in trying to find folks you know i think with any club you know someone people who have the same passion or you know um ex- somewhat experience or the want to do that um, but we do have kind of a team we have so i'm the general manager uh we have david he's the president he's a little bit more hands-off now um he's you know close to retirement uh me and him chat you know once or twice a month so he's still kind of in but he's been there. He's, he's been part of the longer legacy, a couple of years to me as GM. Um, and then we have our, our, one of our founders, our co-founders, Andrew. Um, he, um, he's been a part of the club ever since and been playing. Um, so he's, he's a key guy when it comes to like, if I'm trying to gather support around an initiative or something that we're trying to do, he's been really helpful in reiterating that and continuing to help push you know it's like hey guys make sure you register it's like i'm if it's me saying that every day it's one thing but then if like that starts getting reflected he's been a big uh help in that regard um and then we have kind of a, a smaller crew of we have our coaching staff um we have our indoor coaching staff uh, uh we have three guys um three guys there um we have our other outdoor coach um who has his crew, we, we kind of leave it up to the coaches, the head coaches, if they want to bring whoever, whatever staff to help support club. So uh, we have three guys on our outdoor side, three guys on our indoor side. We just, um, the partnership we have with the Dome, the indoor center that we work with, um, they have their own staff that are starting to work on the women's indoor program. Um, so there's probably, you know, nine, nine, 10 people so far who are helping out, at least on the coaching side, but it's yeah, more yeah. on the administrative side and the org ops, the business yes. people use a little bit of help. The stuff on. that us three do is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Hey, I, yeah. I have openings and I can pay you a tiny little stipend if you guys want to help. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> John, John, he's paying people here. Just listen. <laughs> I could retire on the money I'm owed by John. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, but yeah, no, it's kind of like we run kind of like a... <laughs> you know, a tight, lean little ship, um, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, it's like, I am open arms to folks who want to help. And, um, you know, slowly we- but surely we have kind of our, you know, five to six you know, consistent volunteers who help come run the camera for our live stream or do stats or uh, announce, we have an announcer that comes in every so often. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, you know, 
not everybody, you know, can continually do it, you know, time, but yeah. No. Well, one of our more, more recent podcasts with that was with a lady over your neck of the woods called Toby Johnson, who runs uh, volunteerpro.net. And I would recommend you re- uh, taking a listen to that and, and reaching out to her if it's of any interest. But she, we had a long conversation about where to get volunteers, how to manage volunteers, how to yes. engage volunteers and stuff like that. And it sounds like yeah, that's, the, that's the level you guys are at, right? Of just Yeah, absolutely. I would love those details. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll ping you afterwards. But yeah, um, exactly. nice to know that you're listening to all our episodes, Dorian. That, that means a lot. No, honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not all good. Um, I, John, if it's all right with you, I want to nerd out for a second. Um, you can keep you can keep yourself on mute. I'm guessing, and I, forgive me if I'm wrong here, but um, having a look at your website, which is your baby, I know, I see that you are present on an awful lot of social media platforms. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I suspect that's probably your doing. Um, if it isn't, then you can't answer the question. But do you see value in being in places that aren't um, Twitter and Facebook, essentially, in terms of like, are you putting out different content and are you engaging with different people and are you getting results from that or is it just pushing out to the same yeah. people? That's a good question. Um, I think as of lately, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a content creator. Um, in, you know, in retrospect, I probably should put out more content because social media is a very powerful tool. I mean, I even experience it in the day-to-day work that I do for Lemon. Yeah. Um, you know, that's primary, like that's a, so when I, when I, the work that I do for Lululemon, it's working on tracking and analytics, and we can see what platforms and tools and places people are coming from that ultimately lead to people buying product. Right. And a lot, and a big P it's called the channel. Uh, yeah. I, that's my day job too. I'm a PPCist. So yeah, I'm with you. Yes. PPC. Like yeah, we're alienating everyone else, but Google analytics and all that stuff. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm certified in Google analytics. I've done many implementations for many big companies. Um, yeah, it's like, that's a huge thing. And so, but when you think about that stuff, it's, you have to put in the money to get the results. Um, yeah. which, you know, our club, you know, nor my company, want to focus on that right now because the budgets right mm. you have the revenue to support the spend right yeah um that it's it's a big channel right and the cool thing about social media though is um so there's you have paid versions of all your marketing that you're doing so it's like google ads or you know boosting a post on facebook or instagram or twitter or whatever but then you have the organic side of it the organic side of it is much more, and it's much more, oh, yes. much more, it's much more, con- so we're talking like SEO, yep. and building your website in a way that's user-friendly and easily accessible, and there's tons of content to access. Mm-hmm. That takes a lot of um, content development, right? Yep. Spending the time with videos and editing photos and, you know, cool, catchy things, following trends and things like that um the tech kind of the ppc side it's a little bit more automated so Mm -hmm. you're just finding keywords and stuff like that of course like those things that i'm talking about for organic matter and ppc but it's like you we're getting real technical work then we're talking algorithms that yeah we're alienating everyone here right and they're going to put more emphasis on the dollar than the the organic piece yes so it's like if someone's paying a thousand dollars for one day to push out your content, even though it's shitty, you know, and the links are broken or the the image is fuzzy. You put a thousand dollars to get your stuff out there. Okay, cool. Let's the algorithm's yeah. like, oh, okay, let's push this. You look out. sexy, yeah. Yeah, it's a little bit sexy. That's how the that's how Google and Facebook and Instagram, all the companies make their money is yeah, from yeah. ads. Um, so that means that like my company and our club have to focus on how do we build organically because that's where yes it's going to be a lot more time effort um content development but um it doesn't cost anything i mean yeah Mm -hmm. there's time less cost yeah um so and i've always prided on our on our club of being really organic right um david our gm he he used to be a reporter i was for the everett herald i think um it's the local newspaper Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the content you see on our site, he's built himself. He's right. wrote and written a lot of those articles and shot a lot of those videos. Mm-hmm. Um, our stuff, it's a super organic and the following. And of course I have Google analytics and implementation set up and tracking all, on all of our sites. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see, like, yeah. The majority of our traffic is from social media. Um, yeah. 
linked to the posts and articles that David is doing. Um, uh, direct traffic. So it's people just typing in snowco.com. We've gotten, so like the SEO piece too. If you go to snowco, if you type in snowco FC on Google, you mm -hmm. get our Google My Business page. You get all the links to our articles. It's like, it's built out. And usually yeah. you don't get all that. But that's mm -hmm. a lot of back-end work that I and the club have done to get that in a place where it's easily searchable. For sure. Um, so yeah, it's we've been focusing really on the organic piece because right. it's uh, the most cost-effective and the longevity of those marketing efforts will last than spending a thousand bucks for a day. Oh, it's, it's like you have organic traffic and you have synthetic traffic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're going to stay around for a long time if you're doing it right. I get, I'm completely kidding. Yeah. I'm just, I just, again, with my nerdy head on, it was like, unless you're getting players to generate the TikTok video or whatever, um, despite what Google says of like, oh, video is the future or this is the future or whatever, whatever is the future. Um, there's only so many times hours in the day, right? And there's, you know, there's cats to feed and there's bills to pay and there's all this other stuff. And, at the end of the day, it's not worth it. It really isn't. But I mean, it is it, it is worth it, but it's a balancing act. And I was just- Yeah, and that's why you see, and that's, and I kind of commend some of the bigger companies for doing it, but they started to monetize their creators yeah. and will make full-time jobs off of doing that. And that's yeah, why you see companies investing in creators mm -hmm. for helping them promote their products because they have these mass audiences. And as much as like, I want to be, you know, TikTok famous or have a million followers. Like I don't have the time to do that. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's not, it's not worth being there just to be there, is it? Either. That's yeah, the, the counter. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. As much as we try to push our guys and people involved in the club, you know, tag us, you know, make sure you yeah. tag the club. You know, it's, it's, you know, we do, we do the best we can. And I think, and like, I'm actually hiring for a, a director of media, um, the, uh, mm -hmm. uh, because I, you know, just in the work that I do, it's like, yeah, we got to put effort and time towards it's, that. If it's worth, if he's going to do it, do it well. Otherwise, don't do it in the first place. 100%. Yeah. Same as, doing, same as anything we're doing with our clubs. All right, John, 100%. that's me nerded out. I'm going to hand back over to you for geeky stuff. Well, let me, let me just wake up from my nap. Um, <laughs> hey, I get I, excited I, about it. Yeah. That's no, my I, general manager talking tell. right there. <laughs> I, tr I, I, trust, I trust you guys that... Uh, you'll handle all that stuff for me. So everything's gotcha. great. Um, no, I, I mean, I think, I think you've, uh, some of the things I guess I'd, I'd like to know, um, we talked about successes, what maybe what's something that is maybe a weakness or something that you could put a little more emphasis on, you know, I mean, sort of goes back to nerd speak there about organic growth and things, but um, what's something that you think you need to improve on and something that you plan to improve on moving forward, you know, whether it's community engagement sponsors, et cetera. Yeah. I think, um, probably one of my weaknesses is I try to take on too much of the responsibility, you know, whether you sure call me like a control freak or something like that. But, um, um, I'm, I'm trying to be better at delegating, um, things to people. You, I don't want to interrupt, but are you two related in some regard here? Because <laughs> yeah, maybe I don't know. Uh, but that's that's probably one of my biggest challenges. And like, it's kind of like a, it's like a double edged sword. It's like I'm trying to relinquish things because I think for me, it's like the thing that I've learned in business and my studies and is that you know when you're starting a company, um, you want to you want to work with the people who are good at the things you are just terrible at. So like if I'm like, for instance, like if I'm good at like relationship building and building the, or not building the company, but like, you know, all the processes in a company, but I suck at finance, I need to go find someone who's a finance king and sucks at the stuff that I do, you know, because that's where, that's where you find like great people. And that's how you grow a company is like, you find the people who are good at the things you don't do. If I go, if I, you know, find some, if I find someone to help me with the club who does all the things that I'm good at. It's like, we're just only doing the things that we're both good at and mm -hmm. we've neglected key pieces of the org. Um, um, but like to the point about the double-edged sword, it's like, I'm, I, I need to be better at delegating and kind of relinquishing, not really crazy person. <laughs> you wouldn't be doing this if you weren't at some level unbalanced, my friend. Yeah, this no, is... sure, sure. Um, but finding those people, it's like the struggle is finding the people. But at the same time, I need to relinquish power to people to maybe do some. Um, so, it's, and like, it's even something as silly as like, 
you know, it's, I find this happening sometimes. It's like, I'm pulling all this gear out of my car, right? You know, we carry all the gear in our car. We're not fancy and have trailers or a storage place. I got a 2014 Dodge Avenger four door. I stuff it full of balls and gear and all this stuff. And so like, I try to carry all this stuff on my own. And by the way, I pride myself on making one trip to the grocery store or from my car, from the grocery store. So it's like the same thing. It's like, Hey, Dorian, you need some help? No, no, I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Don't worry. I got it. It's like little things like that. It's like, you. you know so, what I mean? It's like, we were literally just talking, we were literally just talking about John's bad back just before we started this, which came about from exactly the same way. Just yeah, carrying <laughs> yeah. too much shit. Yeah. So I think just like, maybe it's a metaphor for something, but yeah. Like, yeah, no, totally. Like, as again, going back to let's talk about me for a moment. But as I said, I'm a fat middle aged guy who's terrible at soccer, right? If I just got lots of people like me who cared about soccer and want to watch it, but didn't hook up with John, then would there be lots of fat middle aged guys looking at a blank screen or an empty pitch because we haven't <laughs> found the people to play the soccer, and yeah. vice, versa, vice versa. John's good at soccer and good at organization, but he, whether by his own admission, hasn't got the skills to do the social media and the podcasting stuff that, yeah, yeah. not that the podcast brings in any audience, but um, yeah, it's just find what you're good at, find one of those things and then get rid of everything else. But it's not yes. that easy. Yeah. Well, That's minimal returns and maximum returns. Yep. And yep. provide diversity of thought too. So the ideas come from many places and then, you know, taking an idea from concept to reality is, yeah. Is this a good idea? Is this worth the effort? And having three or four or five or 10 people that can weigh in is, I think, I think makes your organization stronger. For our well. conversations, I think the problem that we've all, we all have across the scene is we're soccer people. We care about soccer and we don't listen enough to, to the people who, for better or worse, don't care about soccer. Not who hate soccer, but like if soccer mattered to enough people, our clubs have existed long before we got involved. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to, to, for our longevity, we need to talk to people in the community who aren't soccer people. But who, you know, whether they are kids organizations or whether they're gardeners unions or whatever it is, but those are the people that, you know, give us our foundation in the, in the community much, much more than getting a shining, exciting new left back or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, it seems like it's not just my weakness. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a pretty big one for me. Um, and I mean, that kind of leads to other things too. It's like, um, sometimes I find myself spreading myself too thin over it's like, while I'm the only one pushing a lot of these efforts to, to grow the club. I'm not saying I'm the only one that, you know, there's little things that other people are doing that, you know, little things, just, high, just, you know, just, little. just little things. But, um, it's like, I try to like have my hands on a little bit of everything. Like I mentioned, like, I'm not a finance guy, but it's like, Oh, I'm going to go try to manage our books, you know, or like, it's something silly. Like, um, I do, I've done like coaching and stuff in the past, uh, mostly like small group trainings. And so, um, of course, like it's the coaches are like, yeah, please. Yeah. If you have ideas, like let's do it. So it's like, I'm trying to run like warm ups and conditioning sessions and things like that. Um, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be a designer and graphic designer doing things to help promote the club. Um, trying to be the sponsorship director. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I find myself like my hands in a lot of little things. And it kind of goes back to that piece about like finding help in room. Yeah. Know, I feel like you two just need to start your own self-help group. <laughs> Talk <laughs> yeah. through your problems. <laughs> but it's, I think, John, you're, you're, I suspect you're like, oh, this, this is a problem that we find talking to anybody that's involved at a high end of a soccer club. It's like, um, there's only a certain number of people within your community. There's a lot of us across the country, but within your community, there's only a handful. And to stumble upon them, you've got to be very lucky. Otherwise, you do end yeah, up doing it. Yeah. And let's um, believe when I find that person, I'm going to hold on tight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I wish we could tell you where to find them. Yeah. No, I think those two things are probably a couple of my bigger weaknesses when it the club. And then I think my other weakness is my right knee. <laughs> that's good to know. If we ever, if we ever come up against, up against you in a competitive game, that's <laughs> yeah. good. Just, yeah. just go and to the right side. You know, the, the old meniscus, you know, 25 <laughs> years of pounding on my knees. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, What's the biggest mistake you've made in your time as not in, in a non-playing sense, not that near post flick on you missed, but what's the biggest admin <laughs> error you've made or whatever? Um, um, the whole story about we were trying to find a, a new event, not a new venue. And um, we had a scrimmage uh, friendly set up with 
a local it's like a player promotion um who brings it's like an all-star team and i set up a friendly with them uh, one of my friends he that i played with in the mpsl he ran the team and um not that that was a mistake to set up the first we want to get our name out there see players you know for some support to have them come play whatever there's lots of opportunities setting up friendlies um but it was kind of on the admin piece and it was kind of a late the friendly was set up late for, um and it was a new venue that we had never played at of course there's all the back end pieces it meant we had to spend we had to work with the league to change our insurance to include that venue so it's like super late process right and that admin stuff takes time right? um so we just got it like the day before um so we couldn't confirm with our fans and stuff to come out to the game um and i decided not to charge fans who came so obviously like we're automatically going to be at a loss. um and then i misanticipated the amount of time we were going to summer field right it's an hourly rate and so um long story short we were out six hundred dollars because and the funny thing is, is that the team we were going to scrimmage canceled on us same day. And so we had to scramble all of our guys, including our reserves. Um, just, we didn't want to cancel the game. It's like, we've already, we're going to be paying for this field time, whatever, let's use it. Uh, a couple of, we didn't, it's too late to tell fans like, oh, same day. Sorry, we're canceled. Like, I hate doing that. Um, so we took a big fat L, you know, not only it's like, not a great look. $600 yeah. is a lot for one game. Mm -hmm. I got shit. I got shit from our president. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> of it's, course, yeah. like I, I, I scrambled to make up for it in other revenue generating things, mm -hmm. you know, later next week. But like, that was a big mistake. Um, yeah. It was the planning was too late. Um, the timing was wrong. The, the venue was too expensive. Um, our marketing like couldn't do anything with marketing because it was too late like you need time for things to marinate and mm -hmm. resonate with people so like that was probably one of my bigger operational mistakes or um failings yeah it happens right it's a learning curve like and you know of course like now it's like if we're like i gotta make sure because like then the guys right you have to make sure that all the guys can be there there's like that's another challenging piece is like dealing with all the different personalities on the team so it's like, oh man, then I'm going to get shit for like, Dorian, like, what the heck? Like, I thought we we're going to have a game. You said this, this, and this. And like, you know, then that reflects on me as like a leader and stuff uh -huh. like that. So it's like, not even financially, but professionally as a player, as a leader, as a person, like it, it, wow. Oh, man, I was not feeling good. I am sorry. I opened this door now. I feel like this is, this is the self-help room. <laughs> An hour and a half of just giving Dorian a hug. Um, all right. <laughs> all right. Let's, let's. Pick the mood up then. What's your been your biggest win? My biggest win. What's my biggest win? <clears throat> What's my biggest win? Um, I mean, we, we won in championship two years, uh, not last season, but the season before. Um, so that was, I mean, that was exciting. I mean, I think I'm going to talk about last weekend, and I know we're kind of tight on time, but um, it was uh, this was our fourth game indoor. Um, this is the first full season at least so far that I've, so it's almost been a year for me uh, being GM. Um, so like there's all the work that I've, all the stuff that we've had to been talking about, you know, this last hour, all that work, all the stuff, sponsors, money, players playing, you know, I was injured for a little bit, you know, dealing with all the stuff that comes with running a club and then also being part, you know, a player in the club, right. All that work. And for some reason, like, um, I, of course, I have help and partners who help me, you know, find halftime shows, um, run cameras, um, take tickets, all like all the volunteers who I'm so grateful for. And that all came together in the end, right? Because a lot of times with volunteers, you're kind of scrambling last second based on availability. You, I'm sure you guys know that struggle. <laughs> um, but uh, I was starting that game. We were down three to two at the half. Um, so it's like I did all this work to set up for the game, all the marketing I did. Of course, like the whole season, right? In the club, even before that, it all kind of came together that night. And um, uh, what was I going to say? We ended up coming back from, you know, we ended up winning six to, th six to four, six to four last weekend. 
And we had a local youth club who I want to partner with, you know, at some point in time, uh, Snohomish United Youth Club. They're, they're probably one of the bigger powerhouses the last 15, 20 years in the youth soccer community here in the state, in Washington state. Um, all of our other clubs are like, oh, Snohomish United, uh, but, um, you know, rivalries. Um, yeah. But um, last night, like these kids, their whole team came out. They, we did walkouts with them. And this was the first time, you know, we've, uh, one of the first times we've done that, is, you know, had a youth club come and, you know, do a little quick halftime show. And um, we, and like in, up in the stands, I could hear, like, I, I, I played really well last game. I think I'm a nominee for, player That's of the week or something like it. that like, That's why we're yeah and so like it all kind of came together and like after the game like all the kids were like oh my god you were the best guy out there and you know like it's so it's like all the success of the club organizationally um you know the kids like cheering me on during the game it's not even just me but like the whole club yeah. um and then a lot of them wanted to and all their parents were like oh good job like you know they all wanted to take a picture with me and some of the other guys like seeing all that after the game was like, oh man, it was great. Yeah. It was it, great. Whether, one of those times when it's all been worth it. It hundred yeah. percent. And there's, I posted a picture on my Instagram and social media. There's a picture mm -hmm. that our president David edited. Um, it has uh, the Snohomish river or the, uh, I think it's the Piltruck river in downtown historic Snohomish. Mm -hmm. um, and he propped that picture I have with the kids in my Jersey. And we're like, yeah, uh, maybe for the video, I, maybe I can Sweet. share it with you guys. Maybe not. Well, we'll, but, um, we'll, we'll stick in the notes for sure. Yeah, there you go. He edited it. So the background is Old Town Snohomish, and then the kids and me are in front. And like, I, he saw that. I was, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. This is my favorite picture of the entire year. And it kind of <laughs> sums up like, it sums up like why like I do all this to like mm -hmm. see other people and kids excited about soccer and like the passion I put into this and all of yeah. our other guys. So yeah, so I don't know, just like last weekend, like kind of hit the spot. Like Sweet. this is why I do all this. That's a, that's a, it's a great place to end. Uh, we, we've had a couple of those moments, not as many as we'd like, right, John? But um, yeah, it absolutely yeah. is. You put in an awful lot of work behind the scenes. You as a player put in an awful lot of work as well. And then every now and again, the stars align. You're just like, yeah, got it. Um, that's why we keep yeah. on going, right, without this. Exactly. Uh, John, any last closing thoughts? We've got about a minute. So. No, no. I, I tell you what, it's been good chatting with you. Uh, I wish you well, and um, I relate to yeah. a lot of the things you said. So feel free to connect down the road with me too, and Absolutely. we can yeah, we'll definitely. provide therapy to each other. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Absolutely. Oh, by the way, I'm looking for a, a higher therapist. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we will be we will be in touch again, Dorian, for sure. Where I've got a couple of things to share with you, um, yeah. and I would love to hook up again on this podcast and you know, see how I would love to do like a check-in, like after our season or something. Absolutely, yeah. I might be crying or I might be holding up a trophy. This week. <laughs> likewise, likewise. All right, my friend. Uh, thank you very much for this, John. Thank, thank you, you ever, and Absolutely. we will see you all. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Now the time has come for leaving. Then now we shall return. We were so glad we could make it, but so sad we gotta run. Well, it might be a long time till we raise another glass. You can rest assured that next time we'll have ourselves a laugh.